0: Hi friend. Has anyone told you that you are amazing today? You precisely you, exactly as you are. You may be listening to this dreaming of greener pastures and a life and career where you are thriving, or you may feel like you're thriving and craving additional growth and tools to sustain your well-being. However today finds you, we honor that and celebrate the strengths that lie within you those that are uniquely yours and that nobody can take from you. Settle in and imagine possibilities with us. If you need a boost of inspiration, then we're especially glad you're here. Always remember, you are enough here. You are enough. Love your strengths. Hi, friends. This is Clifton Strengths Coach Kyle Johan Baker, and this is Love Your Strengths. I'm excited to get to introduce our guest today, Dr. Erica Mikulski. Erica is a, an aggressive optimist and authenticity advocate who is passionate about data, documentaries, dance parties, and desserts. She has a robust history of providing enthusiastic keynotes and engaging workshops designed to empower participants and create environments where they feel equipped to tackle new challenges as they move forward in personal and professional endeavors. She chooses to frame her work in the most current information around neuroscience, positive psychology, employee engagement, human evolution, and just a hint of behavioral economy. In other words, there's a little something for everyone when Dr. Erica gets involved. After a career leading high-performing teams in multiple sectors, she founded Strategically Authentic, a consulting company dedicated to helping people leverage who they are to get where they want to be. As the CEO, Dr. Erica is known by clients and colleagues as the one who believes in even the most ambitious possibilities as long as there's a plan rooted in authenticity. She is always ready to celebrate successes along the way. This wife and mother of two was once referred to as a big bite of food. It was intended to be a backhanded compliment, but the data doesn't lie. She is a big bite of food, so I hope you're hungry. Erica, it is so obvious why you are here today just (laughs) reading that introduction, and I am really excited to have this conversation today.
1: I'm thrilled to be here. Hello, I am Dr. Mikulski and I use she, her. I forgot to put that on the little thing. I'm the worst. So you're doing such a good job setting an example, but I'm thrilled to be here as part of your work to help us all think about strengths in these various ways and how to optimize how we show up to life. Yeah.
0: You know, I, I read your bio. I shared all this information, but is there anything that you want to share beyond your bio about who you are? and your story?
1: I think that we'll probably touch on all the key stuff as we move through. I'm, I am a former campus-based professional in higher ed. So I was an associate dean of students, It was my last sitting position on campus. And now I'm off doing all of these different things and I serve as an adjunct faculty member as well. So I have my hands in lots of different pies all at the same time. Yeah.
0: You know, today, Dr. Erica is here as part of a special episode. And as most folks know, usually we love to dive into one strength at a time. And in preparation for our episode today, we came to this idea and this thought of instead doing something a little bit different. And I think something that especially the Dr. Erica is well attuned to. And we wanted to focus our conversation today around the intersection of strengths. You hear snippets and moments of time where we talk about how our strengths blend and work together. And really, I want to take a deep dive into what that looks like and how we can intentionally craft our strengths when they are working together to help us really be strategically, authentically who we are and what we do. And so Dr. Erica is our guest that's going to help us explore that topic together.
1: Yes, I am. And I love that you just managed to get my company name right in there. Look at you doing the work today, Mm Kyle.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I'd love to hear a little bit from you. Tell me about your experience working with strengths in connection with each other and what you've seen.
1: Sure. I want to start by acknowledging. So it's hard to see, but my shirt says stop rescheduling joy. In my top five, I have positivity, strategic, and communication. So when those three intersect, it is something like this, where you wear a positive, encouraging message with purpose and make yourself a human billboard. So I am a big fan of being a human billboard. And that's one of the ways that my communication shows up that I wouldn't have expected when I took the assessment two decades ago. So I do think that there are sometimes moments where we forget that there are funny ways our strengths show up. You know, we think about them through this like professional lens or in our relationships. And I'm like, communication is every t-shirt I wear that invites people to, to think or laugh. So even though we're not here to talk about communication, that's what it looks like for me. It's being a human billboard. When I think about intersectionality of strengths, I think Part of what to me it does, so in talent development, we have the one plus one can equal three concept, right? That in math, one plus one is always two, but one plus one can equal three. When we have the output of two high performers, we can amplify their output. I think strengths are the same way that when we take positivity and pair for me, positivity and pair it with strategic, the value of those both increases as they are applied. So that's what I do in my work all of the time is take advantage of how people are showing up and letting them spend some of their time in the pieces but then inviting them to take a couple steps back and kind of think of the Venn diagram of overlap and say what does it look like when these two are collectively addressing an issue or leading a team and really inviting folks to look at how the individual value gets amplified when we invite more ingredients, right? Like no salad is just lettuce, mm-hmm. unless someone is doing something weird that I don't know about. It's probably somewhere on TikTok, they're calling that the newest salad. But generally speaking, no salad is just lettuce. And so your your ability to serve the people that you're interacting with through who you are and how you show up is enhanced when you invite those pieces into the mix.
0: Mm-hmm. I love a good food connection metaphor, (laughs) because, I mean, I think that collective effort is really essential in understanding this, because when you think of a salad just being lettuce, when folks like salads, when we like food, it's not that it's the single combination, the single plain food. It's things that are working in conjunction. Like, I think even of there's a book and a philosophy with cooking, it's like salt, fat, acid, heat. When you combine. Absolutely. Yeah. When you combine salt, the fat, the acid, the heat, these like the collective force of these things really help make our cooking, make our strengths unique and make it so that they're working not just alone, but they are working together to be even better than they are on their own.
1: Correct. And when we think about that through the strengths lens, it also creates space for the fact that there are things that aren't on our top five that are also part of who we are and how we show up. And so It allows for. This is my natural tendency. When I talk about strengths a lot, I always say, you know, I'll I'll do work with a group of people, and I'll say, if we were stranded on a desert island, I'm sure we would make it to the end of the first day. And some of us might even make some of the same decisions to get there, but the reason behind it would be different. And that's how I help them unpack strengths. Is like, what would you do first on a desert island? Some people would pick firewood. Some people would try to find food. You know, whatever it is, and then kind of peeling back. What was the reasoning behind that and all that? So as that conversation unfolds, people start to say, oh, well, that sounds really good too. This is when people get worried that something isn't on their top five because they want something else from the list, right? Well, you have have all of them. And when you think about it in salad form, sometimes the salad, depending on what you're doing, has room for a little bit of empathy that maybe isn't in your top five, but you're trying to sharpen it or grow it a little bit, invest in that talent as you grow it into a strength. But then sometimes you just want a carrot, right? Like sometimes you just need the one. I don't think I would ever say sometimes you just want lettuce, but like a carrot or I am, it's summertime in Colorado and I love warm tomatoes straight off the vine. So sometimes you just want like a tomato, but you might add a little vinegar, right? So we, we all understand the value of adjustment and enhancement through addition. Now, can you over add? Absolutely. When someone is like, well, I'm gonna take my list of top ten and try to be all of that at once. What happens is everything gets muddy and nothing really knows what to be, sort of the loudest driver of the process. So you have to find that balance. And some salads have too much stuff in them. We're spending <laughs> a lot of energy on the salad. I'm really impressed. This salad thing just came to me on the <laughs> look at yes. us go. Yeah.
0: No. And I think I like that analogy and that recognition even of when we just throw things in there. I mean, what's really yeah. what makes it so that you can really make it so that your strengths are working together, that they have that force for good is that we are choosing what we do when we before we actually have refined our strengths. A lot of it happens without us knowing. And what we're talking this like, this may be a little bit, This, for some folks, this may feel a little advanced of a topic, but what we're doing is we're continuing to work and figure out how are we intentionally pairing our strengths together so that they can be, again, for me, this phrase that I'm using is for the greater good.
1: Absolutely. And part of that for the greater good also serves our own sense of satisfaction. So I know this isn't necessarily what we're here to talk about today, but part of the work that I do is on the neuroscience of satisfaction. And I give keynotes on the the four neurological channels that research tells us contribute to a sense of satisfaction and purpose. And part of that is using what we have with intent. That's, That's part of what that keynote teaches us and helps us understand is that when we Take what we have, because do you know what happens when you use what you have? You stop doing that. Oh, she has this. Uh, Oh, he has that. Oh, they're doing this. And we start owning with more intentionality, our own sense of self, our own capacities, and maybe capacity for growth, right? That is also a capacity. But we spend less energy on other people's existence and more on the value of the one that we have and moving it forward. And so strings is a great way to purposefully show up to life.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, a, as a grass is greener person, like as, when, yeah, when, uh, as know, like when futuristic runs rampant for me, like I'm a grass is greener know. person. And just, I love that idea and recognition of when you know what you have inside. It's, it's one of those ways that you can keep that oh, but what about me like, oh, gosh, I love what they're doing. And instead, you can really focus on what do I got? What's coming from inside of me and recognizing that energy, that support that you have naturally.
1: And really, it is a really great way to counter imposter syndrome, which lots of folks are navigating as well, is not just what do I have? But what do I have? There's more to that statement or that question. It isn't what do I have? Because the, the data points are there, right? We get our top 30 or top 34 or top five, whichever one you paid for, or your employer. But it's more than that. It's what do I have that someone needs me to use? Mm. Right? What do I have? And how does someone need me to use it in the way that is mine? Because that's really the the ultimate benefit of having this shared language and understanding is it's still just a piece of data until we authenticate it for ourselves.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm. You know, I'd love to hear a story about when you use two or more strengths to create a superpower and if you have a name for that superpower, that'd be fun. Yeah, that, yeah it I
1: do. Off. But you're going to be disappointed by my name because it's a word that already exists. That's but great. It will make complete sense because this is the superpower that I want for everyone, actually. And so when we use our strengths in an intersectional way, when we take the pieces of who we know we are and how we know we show up naturally to the world that we're experiencing, and we let them collectively guide, we let them be the driving force, called authenticity. Right? The superpower is authenticity. When you are being yourself and you have the capacity to recognize the value in that, that's authenticity. And that's the choice to not be an imitation. And actually the superpower really is authenticity because the choice to not be an imitation is very hard for some people. But at the end of the day, the best imitation is still an imitation. And so if I'm trying to grass is greener it right and do what someone else is doing, I can only do a diluted version of something else that I've seen instead of a pure version of who I am and how I show up. So for me, the, the crux of my career and what I do is really authenticity in its purest form and, and, and the intersectionality of my strengths because learner is in my top five. Let's start with learner. I love learning new things, even if I'm never going to use them. It's one of my very favorite things to just learn random knowledge. I grew up in a household where when we would take road trips, we would stop at all the brown signs, which are historical markers and points of interest. So I know a lot of weird stuff about a lot of random (laughs) things because that was I love I love that. I get really excited at a well done, well curated museum or art gallery because I'm that person. And I know some people have never read any of the signs or placards in a museum and they still have loved the museum. And I love that for them. I have read all the words because I love them. And I love taking away new knowledge. But when we take learner and we pair it with my strategic and my woo, the way that woo shows up for me is is to some degree wanting to be a connector, but also wanting to be a catalyst and a resource. So when I learn new things and I'm intentional about how I share those things, I get to be a resource for other people. So when I give a keynote on neuroscience, that's a topic that most people would find alienating and terrifying, right? The average person isn't like, you know what I want to do? Research neuroscience. But I love it. And I get to be married to a molecular virologist. So when I have questions, I just like we fold laundry and talk about nerd things together because that's who we are as people. And so I'll be dissecting what I've learned about neuroscience or this piece on human evolution or whatever it is, something that is a concept that seems completely unrelated to talent development, employee engagement, the stuff that I typically do when I'm on site with a client or giving a keynote. And then I will convert it enthusiastically because positivity. I will convert it into tangible, useful content for somebody else to apply so that sort of filter that everything goes through is really the learner wants to get new information so that I can be a resource and and honor that woo by doing a keynote strategic or a workshop that I'm giving or a a six-week series, whatever it is. So the strategic is the how, and then the communication is the intentionality I put behind the words that I say, the jokes that I make, the whatever's on my slides, all of that communication really is represented in the entirety of the package. And then from a positivity perspective, I love it so much. It is impossible to sit in a room with me and not love a little bit of what I love because I know that is true about me. I know that I have that contagious enthusiasm about stuff because I've worked really hard to learn something that is useful to someone else. And I love the opportunity to bring it to them. Also, I wear sequins like a whole lot in my (laughs) office right now. I have a closet over here in my office that makes it look like I'm an aspirational drag queen because I love sequins and I love showing up as myself. And so that positivity is sometimes visually represented. But that also means weird, but similar story of intersection when when positivity and communication and strategic come together for me. Obviously, the t-shirt, but also when I stand on a stage, if I got up there and looked like the traditional, for for female identifying people, a lot of times it's like black pencil skirt and bob haircut is sort of what we are told. This has changed a lot, but I've been doing this for a long time. In the beginning, it was this, now you can kind of do whatever you want, which I love. But if I walked up and, and showed up in that sort of conservative visual appearance... It would take people a while to reconcile that with the amount of energy that comes out of the gate because I truly am a big bite of food and I take that quite seriously and and tremendously proud of that. And so, for the first five minutes, if any of that content was valuable, it would get missed by people trying to find who I was paired with what I looked like. So, by intentionally showing up as a visual representation of what's about to happen, there are no questions. It does not, it's not concern people. And as a result, I also know I am not for everyone. And that is okay. I never will be, and you shouldn't be. You shouldn't be for everyone. And that's part of what I love about strengths too, is like, not everybody's salad is the right salad. That's okay. Find where people love your salad and go there all the time. That's how you minimize imposter syndrome as well, as you show up consistently and authentically using the superpower of intersectionality And if you show up regularly as yourself, then if you get invited by someone in that experience to be over here, you don't have to wonder who you're supposed to be over here because you were invited as yourself. Similar to even just our relationship. We had a conversation before this. I was this. Mm -hmm. There's no question about who I was or what you were potentially inviting to be a part of your project. And so by coming, by getting that invitation from you and saying, hey, I think this would be really fun. Let's do this. I didn't wonder if I was allowed to, wear pink glitter glasses because that's who I am. And that's who I had already, you know, portrayed to you because showing up authentically makes it easier to to show up as yourself all the time without that imposter syndrome piece. So that is a very long answer with a couple of different stories. Look, did I get where we were going? Was that the way? Oh,
0: yeah. No. And I love that because even in this, I think like a big thread that I hear is the way that you share and like show who you are is rooted in your strength. I hear, especially that I know, like, I think that you'd said like, oh, this isn't about communication. But a lot of this is about the way that you communicate, share who you are. And in that process of being you, you're also encouraging others to be yourself. All of your strengths are converging on this point so that we have this clear message that is being shared. And helps it so that that message is even more powerful, is even more authentic to you as an individual and the work that you do.
1: Absolutely. And it's an invitation for everyone else to show up as themselves. That's the thing that's most important to me is that people feel. So I see this a lot. I hope people feel invited to show up as themselves. That's fine. But that's that's JV level. I am a varsity level lover of humans. I don't hope that people feel invited. I operate so that people feel excited. Expected to show up as themselves. Mm-hmm. Messy, a little bit off from yesterday in my household. So I have two elementary schoolers. And the rule in our house is that you do your best to do your best. That's the rule. What that looks like today, what that looks like tomorrow, can depend on a lot of different things. It can depend on what was in my email inbox this morning when I got up. It can depend on whether or not I got rained on while I was walking my dog this morning, right? But if the goal is to do your best to do your best, and that's what we're striving for. That gives you so much permission to have messy moments and tricky days and still say, yeah, that was my best. Or say, you know what? That wasn't my best. And I can honor that by addressing the people who are negatively impacted mm-hmm. by showing up as not my best, my, an inauthentic version, or I just saw this movie. And, and, and I think authenticity is tricky because also we all change and evolve. So sometimes, you know, who I was 20 years ago and who I am now, there are pieces that are very different. And I would would argue that I was authentic in both of those times. Mm -hmm. But we learn new things. We're exposed to new things. We do more things, you know. So there are pieces that may change. But for most of us, some of the underlying components, unless they've been suppressed by any number of sources of power or oppression, those will stay the same. And, And when they have been suppressed, what we get to do for those of us who don't suffer from imposter syndrome is invite those pieces to come up to the surface Mm -hmm. and to truly create space for someone to be expected to show up as themselves. It is not an invitation. It is an expectation because the human existence should be one you get to live authentically.
0: Have you ever wanted to influence what gets talked about on a podcast? Well, today is your chance. We are collecting questions, wonderings, and thoughts for what to cover on our podcast in future episodes. Whether your question is about how to use a strength, how to apply your strengths towards career development, or a challenge that you're running into life and you wonder... Can Strengths help me out with this? Go to the show notes or the description of this podcast episode and click the link to submit your questions for the podcast. It'll send me an email and I'll probably even reply asking you a few more questions. Thanks for doing this and we're so excited to cover these questions that you have and add to our community as we explore and love our strengths. You know, I mean, and I love that you even make this connection to who you were 20 years ago is like you were authentic then and you are authentic yeah. now. How have you invested in this authenticity, this intersectionality of strengths over time?
1: One of the things that I've done, this is going to sound like it's not a real answer, but it is. I stopped caring what other people thought. Mm, hmm. Part of the investment is not giving in emotional energy to people who don't deserve it and not creating a narrative about me that is being authored by somebody else. Mm. So that's part of it is, is choosing to be my own you know, author. I have, I'm old enough that when I was in college, we burned CDs for each other. And my car is old enough that I still have a CD player in it. So this is important to the story because the rest of you maybe have not listened to a CD in a hundred years. So I have an old CD mix in my car right now, and my children have really latched onto the old, I think it's Natasha Bedingfield song, Unwritten, which was maybe the theme song to a TV show as well. Was it like for The Hills or something? I don't know. It was a theme song for something as well. But anyhow, the the idea, as much as it's like hokey, but I love that my two elementary school daughters are like shout singing at the top of their lungs about staring at the blank page before you. like. There's so much truth to the importance of being your own author, being that person that says, this is my story and these are my choices. And when we look in the mirror at the end of the day, right, when you're brushing your teeth, that's for me, because again, I have small children, that's like the only time I'm alone is when I'm brushing my teeth, looking in the mirror. So for some of us, we have two minutes a day where we're alone at night and two minutes in the morning. You're supposed to do it twice. You're welcome, American Dental Association. I'm doing the Lord's work, telling everyone to brush their teeth twice a day. But when you're brushing your teeth and you have that two minutes where you're alone, if you have shown up as yourself, if you have done your best to do your best, if you have let your natural tendencies and your strengths drive how you showed up, even the mistakes are things that we can honor and own and recognize when they feel authentic. It is when you are standing in the mirror brushing your teeth and you try to be a version of someone else, you grass is greener. I like that we turn that into a verb during this conversation. That makes my heart really happy. So anyhow, when you have done this grass is greener vibe and you have spent the day trying to be a version of someone else because you thought that was the right choice, then the mistakes feel worse because they feel foreign and unfamiliar. Mm -hmm. And the wins don't feel as great because we don't Value them. It's sort of like pouring all this energy into a defini- definition of success that is it yours. And I talk about this a lot. When we do that, we climb a ladder and we get to the top and we look around and we go, I don't even care. And when we lead with strengths, especially in that intersectionality framework, when we let them work together and make that, you know, Erica salad, we're less likely to climb a ladder we don't care about and waste time and energy moving in a direction that someone told us we should. A lot of people are shooting away their lives. And if they could lean into this intersectionality of their strengths, that should noise wouldn't be so loud. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a great, I mean, that toothbrush moment to sit and reflect. Because I love when we have small moments that can have long lasting, big impact because habits don't start with this grand big, I'm suddenly doing something for an hour a day. They start with something that you do Christ. one minute a day. They start with something that you're sitting and thinking about while you're brushing your teeth. And you're like, hmm, how did that feel? And as a way to get that litmus test of, am I living into where I am and a way that you can invest in your strengths and make these mental notes allow your subconscious, your Life to continue to mold in the way where you feel aligned to who you
1: are. Absolutely. And I always invite people to reflect through this framework too. So I'll offer this. We didn't talk about this beforehand, but surprise, that's what happens when you invite me to think. Yeah, go. So sometimes I hear people say, This is hard. My job is hard. This project is hard. I hear hard a lot. Right. And so then I always invite this point of reflection. Is the work hard? Because some of my best and most filling days, fulfilling days, I have had hard work. So is the work hard? Or is the effort to do the work hard? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because if the effort to do the work is hard, guess what? We are not in alignment. Mm-hmm. We, yep. are use, we are trying to use something that is in the bottom three of our signature themes, Mm -hmm. It is not, it is not a strength. It is not even hardly a talent that we connect with because just is a part of how we show up and it is okay that it is not part of how we show up. But when we have this moment where we're trying to do something and the effort to do it is hard, when it feels like work to try to think about doing the work itself, then we have to sit and say, all right, what does that mean? Where can I find alignment? Where can my strength and that energy that comes from naturally showing up as myself be for as you put it, the greater good. And so there's a book, it's been around for a long time, a book called Flow by Mihai Chi Sent I. Are you familiar with this book? It's a concept that lives in lots of different ways and plays really well into particularly, not just singular strength awareness, but intersectionality. But Instead of thinking about it from the lens of the book, what I often say to people is when you're, when you're in this intersectional framework and your strengths are collectively driving how you respond to the circumstances, it is very similar to the scene in Old School. Are you familiar with this movie, Old School? I'm familiar with, with Fero- the movie,
0: but I've never actually
1: okay. seen it. What? Your homework is to watch it only because of this one <laughs> moment. I mean, the movie is fine. But there's this moment where Will Ferrell, whose character is collectively like sort of dopey, he's like a Labrador retriever. Will Ferrell. Like this dopey, yeah, 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 yeah. But like not even clever dopey, like very Will Ferrell dopey moment. This whole movie, and he's in a speech and debate contest with another person and he gets a, a question that he has to answer. And he does it brilliantly, like absolutely brilliantly. And one of his teammates, in this contest. It's like, what happened? And his response is, I don't know. I blacked out. And while I don't want people to black out, what I do want is for them to not have that moment where they had to get the energy to do the thing because they were doing it naturally. It was an automatic response. We all have automatic responses that are part of how we show up to the life we get to live. The human experience is full of a lot of autopilot moments. And when those autopilot moments align with what we're being asked to do expected to do invited to do then the energy it takes to exist makes us tired at the end of the day because we might have had our hard work and i don't mind tired at the end of the day i think that's really good to be tired at the end of the day but what i don't want is people to be drained Mm. at the end of the day and when there's not alignment when it takes so much work to just get that effort out when it when the the Uh, when it takes so much energy to get the effort out, when the effort is hard instead of the work being hard, that's where we really end up drained. And Mm -hmm. I have found, and I don't know if you've seen this with the work that you do in strengths as well, but I have found when I can identify people who are drained versus tired, almost 100% of them are trying to leverage the wrong strengths Mm -hmm. or wrong signature themes, or they're trying to like, quiet the ones they have because they think the ones they have are not good enough Mm -hmm. and so they're trying to pick from another list i've done work with strengths in high achieving spaces including med schools and pharmacy schools and law schools and other things where the student if they don't get achiever in their top five freak out and it doesn't mean you're not capable of achievement it just means how you show up is different you have so so when we are trying to wear the clothes of someone else or put you know watermelon in our taco salad it doesn't work it gets gross right it gets icky Mm -hmm.
0: Mm.
1: so just don't put watermelon in your taco salad that's all that's like the theme of today (laughs) so i'm gonna offer that but watermelon with feta yes it's so good and balsamic vinaigrette delicious i love it Uh. a watermelon in taco salad no thank you (laughs)
0: Oh, this I mean, I think you share so many great ideas, approaches and ways that we can continue to recognize when we are living into the strengths moment or when we're living into somebody else's story. So we're not living in that alignment, that authenticity and how you can continue to get ideas of evaluating for yourself or why you would want to help. Find some help to get some support as you're figuring out how do I structure my life, my day, my work, my family so that like everybody yeah. can find this alignment they can be themselves and we can really live into our strengths.
1: Well, and I think the most important thing anyone can do is notice when it doesn't feel right. And that sounds silly, but we, we, again, try so hard to make something that someone else says is right, feel right. And I talk about this all the time because I am not cool. I've never been cool a day in my life and I have no problem with this. I am not cool because when I think about cool, I think about it as a metric that is dictated by Kardashian tweets and TikTok trend and real housewives of somewhere, mm-hmm. right? Like cool or Vander people. And so I... I think that cool is this weird moving target that people are sometimes pursuing without the awareness that they could wake up tomorrow and everything that they pursued is no longer relevant. I read somewhere recently that that there was I use the Kardashians because it's it's a, a low hanging fruit, but there was this like increased trend in in butt implants, right? Because of Kardashian coolness, mm-hmm. and now. There is a shift by the women in the Kardashian space to undo that. And so now there are these people who are like, oh, what do I do now? that The thing that I poured money in and, and physically altered my body into is no longer cool. So I am not cool. I don't want, I don't want to be cool by intention, but if it happens by accident, because I love sequins and somebody makes sequins trendy for a hot second, great, I love pink. Barbie is doing me a solid this summer <laughs> because I love pink. But, but choosing to pursue that Is sort of choosing to alter how you show up to life and hope that it's the right thing right and that your alteration is worth the energy it takes to be less than who you actually are that's what that's what those alterations are it's choosing to be less than you actually are in the name of presenting as what you think someone else has decided is cool or valuable or valid so when we do that we get lost we lose ourselves in the mix and instead what I do is I tell people all the time that I'm awesome. My kids will tell you I say it regularly. Because mm-hmm. I am. I'm awesome. I'm not cool. Because cool is an external metric. Awesome is an internal metric. And it is how I feel when I brush my teeth, even on the messy days and even when I make mistakes. I am awesome. Yeah. Because I live as myself. And the more that we feel comfortable saying I'm awesome, the less likely we have to run into this lack of alignment and these incongruent moments because we are in spaces where showing up as ourselves feels good mm-hmm. that's why spaces matter so much that's why when we think about you know DEIB work so much of it is about spaces where people feel expected and allowed to exist yeah it is because when you can be in a space and say i am awesome that feels very different than wondering if you're allowed to be
0: mhm i love this and it's so fun getting to hear this so i mean Last question and thought of the day is, like, what are you looking forward to, like, in life, business, and, like, how can folks stay in touch with you, continue to hear about the work and thoughts that you have?
1: I am excited about all the days. I have positivity in my top five. (laughs) What if it was exciting? things that is super relevant to this is I just launched a new program in emotional intelligence. It's a series of program and many of options, but one of them is strengths based emotional intelligence. So looking at the relationship between strengths and taking someone's top five information and helping them think about the four pillars of emotional intelligence. How do we deepen them? How do we grow them? And how do our strengths allow us to do that in the most natural way, which is what we've been talking about this whole time is how do I do that with the most natural flow of energy? so that I am capable and have energy left to do hard work because the effort isn't the hard part. So that programming is has just come out and that's really exciting. So working with clients on a variety of emotional intelligence topics, it's, the content itself is called the Emotionally Intelligent Workplace. And so looking at how do we create systemic changes in cultures of emotional intelligence that really serve and support the existence of humans as people first, producers second. Mm-hmm that seems to get lost a lot so i'm working on i mean I, I have worked on that i've done a bunch of stuff in that and that programming is out in the wilds now and i just got to use it with the first on-site client last week mm-hmm. and now it just goes out into the universe and i have booked out almost through the rest of the year starting to use that stuff so it's mm-hmm. really great and people can find me on social media i show up in linkedin but i feel like i'm trying to figure out how I can be all the way glittery on LinkedIn. So I still show up on LinkedIn with sequins. But like, if you really want the sequin vibe, Instagram is the place where I show up in more sequin attire. (laughs) So on, on Instagram, I am consultant Barbie because in as much as Barbie came to the table with some challenges, which have I think been addressed to some degree really well, Barbie went to space and pink glitter and nobody questioned it like authenticity shows up in barbie in a lot of ways that i think is really empowering if you can see what's happening there so i actually even have if you look you can kind of see her i have astronaut barbie on my shelf from 1985 as a reminder that if barbie can go to space in pink glitter any of us can do whatever we want
0: yes mm.
1: So i do have that but yes yeah, so the best places to find me and through those channels, you can also get on my website. And I do love working with individuals from time to time. Usually my client load doesn't allow for a ton of that, but sometimes sometimes it does. And and when I'm traveling, if folks want to grab, grab coffee and say, hey, I just you posted this thing and I really want to talk about it. I love getting to do those things as well. Again, my woo and learner come together in support of being a resource to other people.
0: Well, thanks so much for like being here, for sharing your light and helping us to really explore this idea of like intersections of strengths and how they can work together. Really, thank you for sharing your stories.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for the invitation to show up authentically and share who I am without question or hesitation. I appreciate it tremendously.
0: Thank you for being here. I bet while listening to this episode, you thought of a friend or a family member sharing this episode with them would be a great way to help them feel seen for who they are. We want to take a moment to say a special thanks to our supporters Opulence Abundance and Katie Lanias. You too can support the podcast by donating to our Buy Me A Coffee. You can find the link in the show notes. Finally, this episode was produced by me, Kyle Johan Baker, and the music is by Secret Nation. Thank you for being you, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Peace.